0: Hello and welcome to the Giants Backlog Podcast. Um, this is your place to go for all things Costume Quest. This is your authoritative authoritative source for Costume Quest and everything about Costume Quest. But actually this is a podcast where four friends got together, decided to do their backlogs, and want to hold each other accountable in doing it. So if you could, we strongly suggest um, playing along with us, liking, commenting, sending us feedback, questions to our email, which will appear on the screen. And I'm joined by my friend, Paul. Hey. And I'm also joined by Alec.
1: Hello, everyone of the internet.
0: And I'm joined by my other friend, John. Howdy doody. And also Alex, also my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thank you. So, as you might have guessed, this week's episode is Costume Quest, uh, which was my pick. And we're excited to jump into it. However, to build the suspense, we always start with a completely irrelevant topic to the game we're playing. So this week, um, the topic I want to pose to you guys as kind of an icebreaker, an opening act, um, is gaming on the go. You know, I'm going to be traveling fairly soon, so I want to ask you guys what your habits are when you're traveling. Do you still game? if so how what platforms you mobile switch steam deck do you bring a system with you can i start uh what what games you like to play when you're traveling around whether it be for holidays or work or anything
1: can i can i start with a a saga of the alec gradle travel gaming experience Alright, so we're gonna take a, a trip back in time to the Game Boy SP.
2: Okay.
1: We could go further back, but we're gonna start <laughs> with the with the SP because that is honestly to this day probably the best handheld console of all time. I'm putting that statement out for you right now. You got the backlight, it fits in your pocket, the pocket-size Game Boy it's in your pocket you flip that shit open be like look at my Pokemon like that was that was the epitome of gaming in my nostalgia filled eyes then uh, I transitioned to the Vita and so that became my gaming habit for the longest time until Sony stopped supporting it Sony release a new handheld people will buy it not many but people will and they'll love it (laughs) I played Severed on that shit, and I played um, the big one, and you know Jay, you know the big one, Persona Four Golden, one of the greatest games of all time, as the giants all agree. And except, yeah, yep, every single, all four of us love Persona Four Golden. Every single one of us. Um... But that so I love the Vita, but I think switch is the way to go in the modern modern day. Now, that being said, we only have one switch in this household. And I'll say that for travel purposes, the backlight isn't great. So I might spring for the OLED to get two, so that we can both play and everything. But overall, I'd say the switch and um, Pokemon's coming out soon but it's a baby game that you don't like
0: so let me ask you this as a grown-ass man i always Mm -hmm. feel awkward whipping out a switch on an airplane like i feel like i'm gonna be judged do you get that no
1: no i mean i get it i get it but no i feel like i've seen i've seen a ton of girls to
0: you and you just pull out a switch and start playing a baby game like pokemon
1: I mean, I, I have my phone open and there's manga on it, so they can fucking, <laughs> they can judge me all they fucking want on this plane, but, you know, I'll have my manga and my
3: Switch and and it will have a great-ass time for me. Sitting next to a stranger on a plane is exactly why I pull out the Switch the yeah. backpack, so they don't fucking try to talk to me and make small talk for three That's yeah. the worst. Is I know. When they it, like, it's like, oh, I'm playing on my game, leave me alone.
1: Because people start to try and fill that void. But yeah, I'm assuming like you're gonna sit by Emily anyway, but well, bring I, your switch. I, bring I don't your just switch. Pretend
0: like I'm asleep.
1: But now you can pretend that you're awake and playing your switch. Yeah, I
0: mean, if Emily does it, it's cute. If I do it, I'm a fucking creeper, is what I'm saying.
4: Yeah, I think for sure you're getting judged. In reality, uh, people are aged. Maybe not. People are aging younger, but like all the olds on the plane, for sure. But, like, same thing with just having this podcast. They judge us for playing video games
2: at our yeah, age
4: anyway. So who cares?
0: Yeah. I guess that's... I'm self-conscious on airplanes and specifically yeah. for some reason. So typically I'll read a book or watch a show instead of a game on the airplane. But in terms of traveling, I used to go on work tri- trips all the time. And I would pack my fucking Xbox in yeah. my checked bag. Every time yeah. I packed in my checked bag, TSA would go through it and i get the little note in there saying your bag was randomly searched. But yeah, if I'm there for a week, I'll plug it into the TV in the hotel, come home after work, and game, you know? Yeah. There's nothing else to do on work trips if you don't like the area. I mean, going to the bars with your co co-workers get sold after a couple of days so
1: yeah
0: but yeah as a kid i'm with you i would love the drive to florida it was 22 hours and it was my favorite part of vacation because i got 22 hours of straight pokemon time
1: oh yeah man you know exactly what i'm talking about
0: yeah and then going to visit family for holidays too yeah like i'll bring a concert on the sp plug it in, in my bedroom when they go to bed, I'll I'll be gaming, you know.
1: On the on the SP though, can we can we have a little segment where we rank or we share our favorite hand handheld of all time, like travel handheld.
0: The DS was pretty good.
1: DS was the Game Boy Advance.
0: XP, awesome. Also very good. Game Boy Color and Game. Those Boy are yeah. Original. Those are. I mean, those were my first gaming system. Same. So that's all I got was Game I got, Boy Color and Pokemon Blue.
1: I got Poke, so I I joined in the next gen, and I got my first ever Game Boy was the Game Boy Color with gold, the little like vintage one, and I I th- I wish I still had it because I I'm sure that was worth like a hundred bucks nowadays. Mm-hmm. Still, just for the vintage, It had the little Pikachu on it, whose cheek would light up.
0: It was awesome, man. Another thing I like to do when traveling is with Game Pass Ultimate, it's really great because I can stream right to my phone. So if I don't feel like the hassle with all the uh, backing up the console and everything, I'll just bring my phone and a controller play Xbox games right on my phone. It's great. I've been doing that for Pillars of Eternity when I go on trips, so Play it on my phone.
1: So, do you play it on the the phone itself, or
0: do you play it with the controller? You play it with the controller. Nice. Yeah, you Bluetooth the controller to your phone, and yeah, I got Paul and myself last Christmas, or maybe the Christmas before, a little bracket you put on the controller, and you can mount your phone right on top.
2: Oh, sweet.
3: Yeah, it's super nice. And then now, awesome. I haven't
0: gone on a trip yet with Steam Deck, but I'm excited for that because you can also get a Game Pass on Steam Deck and also access all your Steam games. So, it's just Two another thing. Now yeah. I have to pack both my Switch and my Steam Deck, so. Well, you know if you don't want is. want to play Pokemon, then you got I still have Steam to deck. finish uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I've been dragging. Dude. It's good. I like it. I made the wrong decision and so I have to go back and replay hours. Oh no. For my last save, so I've been like hitting the wall. Because which I wait so long, pick? every time I go back I forget which save it is and I, <laughs> it's just such a <laughs> such a pain in the ass. Um the I picked the one with Edelgard. So I made the wrong choice and then i played a couple hours and was like oh shit i need to go back i just played with that
1: house the whole time
0: well yeah i played with that house but i made the wrong choice in the end game i sided oh. with the wrong side gotcha
1: there's no wrong choices jay you just gotta accept the
0: consequences i want to hear from john
2: um yeah i haven't
4: had a handheld or anything to take while traveling in a while as a kid i had uh game boy advance was my first one and then the game boy sp was an absolute game changer uh with that backlight because remember on the advance you had that uh top light that was like yeah. the attachment the reading would, light yeah and it would always die
1: um mm-hmm. like it you drained know? your battery even so faster too yes fast.
4: that thing sucked like even as a kid, I didn't like that at all. And then you're like searching for like a sunny spot to play it. But like when I got my SP, that was a game changer. Funny story about my SP. I actually won my Game Boy SP out of a stacker machine uh, when I was at a skate party at for my element my elementary school. So that That's was like
1: awesome.
4: Yeah, that was like one of my proud moments as a kid. That's freaking
1: awesome.
4: Yeah, showing that thing off. And it was cool too. I think I got it in the closet maybe too. Uh, in my, it might be in the basement now, in my like memory box or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was really cool. And same thing. Uh, I don't even know what I had for it. I had like one Street Fighter game for it. And then I had. It was mostly Pokemon, right? Like I think that's yeah. what everyone played on it all the time. Hundreds of hours. I yep. can pull out my emerald. My emerald has like six hundred hours on it. I got like fifty level of hundreds. Yeah, it's yes. fun.
0: What about nowadays, do you game when you travel?
4: No. I don't even have a laptop. Yeah, so... but
0: you you play Hearthstone and
2: stuff, don't you? Oh true. On mobile. Yeah. I still play, uh, yeah, I play, that's like the only game I play on my Rune-scape phone. RuneScape on me. your phone, too? Yeah, that's true.
4: I still do that. True, true. I haven't done that in a while, but yeah, I almost forgot that RuneScape has a mobile app. It's good, though. Good for like your mindless grinds. Can't really do anything quite intensive on it, but.
2: There's last a
0: lot of mindless grinds in that game. Last but not least, Paul, what are your on-the-go gaming habits?
3: Yeah, I was also a Game Boy kid. Um, the system I have the most nostalgia for is the PBA, like you guys talked about. Um, I don't remember any specific games. Like, yeah, Pokemon and some other dumb pixel ones. Um, I just... Uh, like. I'd get a game and it'd be like, "Hey Arnold, the game," which I don't know if you guys. And it's just like I, like that's the only game I had, so I just played the shit out of it because I just didn't get new games. I would get like three or four games a year max. So like, no matter what it was, like how big of a piece of shit game it was, I just played it because it was the only thing I had.
4: That's such a good point. Can we talk about that for a
3: second? How every yeah. single
4: game was fun back in the day. Didn't yeah, matter how bad it was. Every game, I could sink a hundred hours into and just love. And I like God, Jay's being a kid about. so
3: nice. Right yeah, now, I miss being a kid. Never reading games as a kid. Like I definitely never got past like the first, like the second and third level of that Hey Arnold game, but <laughs> yeah. I
2: played the shit out of it.
0: What about nowadays? What do you do, Paul?
3: Um, so I have a Steam Deck, I have a Switch, um, I have an old. Laptop with a discrete GPU, so I take all of that stuff with me when I travel. Uh, depending on what games I've identified that I want to play. Um, I don't know. I beat Celeste on a plane. It's a good one. But I like. I love gaming on a plane because I hate airplanes. It's uncomfortable. I get the middle seat, but I take out my. Switch and I turn on Celeste and I'm not in the airplane anymore. <laughs> I'm parkouring up a mountain, so it just with makes mental
1: flights... illness.
3: Yeah, so it makes the flights go by faster. <laughs> I don't have to talk to the people next to me about work because that's all anybody ever wants to talk about is either sports or work.
4: Kids, yeah. kids. I people can't.
3: People love talking about the kids. So uh, I can't. Yeah. I don't want to
1: talk about any of that. I don't want to get your two attention. cats and a dog, you
3: can mention it. I just don't want a small dog. House projects.
4: People love talking about house projects. Yeah, that's true. The four things people love talking about suck. Yeah.
0: They're... School, if they're in school. Yeah, I, I never love talking about sports, though. So. I
2: don't talk about sports with anybody.
0: Yeah,
2: I'd, really just... I'd rather be gaming. Oh,
0: yeah. Comment on this video with your sports questions for John.
2: I don't.
3: Good answers. Like, I, I'm into the cloud gaming if the hotel has good enough internet. Like, I play Halo Infinite on my phone. I beat an inscription on a laptop on a work trip. I used to travel a lot more, but COVID killed a lot of that. Um, but, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm just a fan of handheld gaming. Like, I'll bring the Steam Deck out into the living room and my wife will be watching TV and I'll be playing on my Steam Deck um it, i don't know i just like to sit back mm-hmm. hold it in my hands because that's how i like the first 10 years that i game. though, predominantly how i played was stuff on game boy yeah before yeah. i got like a ps1 or two
0: there is something to say about that your significant other wants to watch some garbage tv and it happens literally every day of my life. You, uh, like
1: now, I'm trying to play God of War, and you don't oh have like
0: God, the, the setup that Alec has with two TVs, so you can just pull out your Switch and or your Steam Deck and spend time together without having to
2: watch. Yeah, make your TV.
0: brain turn to mush.
1: It is nice. It is a nice setup.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh and we can all uh sympathize with you, Paul, since we're all giants. Airplanes universally suck. I think I always get the aisle seat and always my knee has to go in the aisle. There's no way around it, and always the drink cart hits it.
1: Yeah. And your shoulder.
0: They'll fucking that slam into me. it and not even say sorry. Yeah. They'll just be like, oh, move yeah. your leg. It's like where am I gonna move my leg? That's yeah. me with
1: my shoulders, because I've got giant shoulders, because mm-hmm. I'm a giant, too. And, like, on the f- eight-hour flight to France, she's like, boom, boom, every time people are walking down to go to the bathroom or the drink yeah. cart, it's like,
4: yeah, of I'm course, just
1: sitting in this chair with my giant shoulders.
4: Yeah, the worst part for me, because I'm a giant, I gotta buy three seats. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Exit yeah.
3: rows are the
0: only way
2: to I, be comfortable. I've
3: legitimately seen people do that, and then you know what ends up happening? Someone has a kid, and they didn't get seats together, so they ask that guy, like, "Can we trade seats?" And he's like, "Actually, these all three are mine." <laughs> I've seen that happen, and like the dad was about to fight this guy because he wanted to sit with this kid and his wife, and well, this guy had the whole all three and wouldn't like trade with them.
4: If I had the money to buy three seats, hell yeah! if anyone want my seat. Yeah, yeah, I'm fighting them. Should have had a little bit of foresight and gotten seats together.
1: Yeah, you. It's like an extra thirty bucks to pick your seats together. Like, yeah, it's like,
3: the all
1: and it's seats. you know how much it is to buy three seats together, the same as you would have paid for your three tickets.
4: Yeah. But it's free if you fight the guy for his seat, so.
0: My, my old boss was a bigger guy, and he would always upgrade his ticket to uh, whatever, not first class, but the one under it, so that he'd have more room for his belly.
3: I always do that, too, if it's uh, less than 50 bucks. Yeah, it's because all expensive.
1: Guess you just got Delta Silver status? You're too close oh, to nice. people.
0: I mean, like, I don't know how they haven't figured it out to where they can spread it further out, but
4: just make the plane lighter.
0: But then they'd add an extra chair. They would just cramp. The, yeah, exactly.
4: Well, if they made the plane lighter, they probably wouldn't fit into the
0: airplane lane. Yeah, the airplane hole.
3: I hope okay. you get upgraded all the time now, Grado. Congrats on silver.
2: Thank you.
0: Hot takes. Let's do it. Let's start
2: with Paul. Um,
3: hot take. Um, I kind of, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I kind of felt like this was a reskin of Psychonauts. At least in terms of presentation. What's the guy's name from Double Fine? Tim. Uh...
1: Schaefer. McGraw.
3: Yeah, Tim Schaefer. Yeah, Tim McGraw. Tim Schaefer. <laughs> it's like, all right, Tim. How many people worked on this game? Like, it seems like they grabbed a lot of, and I, I don't know about game development, but it seems like they grabbed a lot of assets from. Well, I'll
0: greenhouse. tell you about game development in a few minutes. Great, a hot take.
1: It seemed like a, a small project, um, but I think it delivered for what it was. It was cute. I
0: liked the. That hot take sucks. You're just uh, t- explaining the game. John, hot take.
4: The target audience for this game is seven and under.
0: All your guys' hot takes suck.
2: Is this not a target audience? Seven and under? I felt like this game was trying to explain how Halloween works to children. I don't know. game was super inoffensive. Okay. I thought this was like a tutorial for how trick-or-treating worked. Okay. Um,
4: this game belongs on the shelf of a museum as one of the top 100 games of all time. What?
1: Wow. Oh. That's an interesting hot take. Th- that's a hot take he like.
2: That's a lie. It's a good hot. <laughs> it's, it's hot I
1: think this is the top ten Halloween games of all time.
3: That <laughs> takes is hard, man. My hot it take is, hot. is
0: that Quick Time events are fun. It keeps you engaged. Yeah. Well, let's get into the game. So this is a game where your kids and you go trick-or-treating and your sister gets stolen by the grubbins and uh, it's got perfect Halloween vibes. If you played it before Halloween or in the month of October this will be great to fit into your rotation Uh, would
1: you consider it a cozy game
0: it is cozy i would say um the whole premise of the game is you're getting different costumes these cute little kids put on the costumes and when they get into a turn-based battle they become what their costume is so a giant mech a vampire uh unicorn unicorn french fries got it all a little bit about the development of this game it was uh, it's a double fine game which most people associate with tim schaefer like paul but actually the lead designer on this game was a lady named tasha harris who was a former animator at pixar Double Fine also has made games like Psychonauts, Brutal Legend, Full Throttle, Broken Age, Iron Brigade, The Cave. Tim Schafer before starting Double Fine made games like Grim Fandango, Day of the Tentacle, etc. There's a bunch of games. Mhm. And they do have kind of a unique look, a unique style. That is kind of a through line b- between all their games. I wouldn't say it's a reskin Psychonauts. I don't think that's. No, it's fair. just the art
1: style because they have the artists. Yeah, that's kind that of their fingerprints on... on it, you yeah. know.
0: Uh, so they at Double Fine, they have this thing called Amnesia Fortnites. And the idea is whatever game they're working on currently. Stop working on it for two weeks. Forget that you're working on it since the Amnesia two weeks for the Fortnite. And split up into four teams and make game demos. So this actually was born of that Amnesia Fortnite that they took during the development of Brutal Legend. After they finished Brutal Legend, they looked at what they made. And this one got greenlit to be a small downloadable game on, I think, Xbox Arcade.
2: Mm hmm.
1: That's really interesting. I like that a lot. So, it definitely seems that way.
0: Tasha Harris said that she considers this game to be influenced by Dragon Quest, uh, Final Fantasy, Earthbound, and Pokemon, which you can kind of see. She also said she wanted to make a game that was like RPGs that she loved growing up but modernized so that it looks cool to people and people enjoy it now. Now, now, when this game came out was 2010. October 19th, 2010. This was a game that got completed in less than a year. Mm-hmm. So, they took the concept from the Amnesia Fortnite and Made it into a cute little downloadable
2: game for the Halloween season. That's pretty much all I got about development.
0: What do you guys think about the art style,
2: music, storytelling? Any thoughts? Uh, the storytelling
1: was cute and I liked the the dialogue, and I found it funny at times. I found it was too easy to accidentally skip cutscenes, though. I found myself accidentally doing that, like, a lot. And I don't know why.
2: <laughs>
0: hmm. Any other thoughts, guys?
4: Um, for me, the art style, I didn't like it at the beginning. Uh, just wasn't a fan of what it Looked, like, aesthetically, I guess. Grew on me a little bit as the game went on. That's not my favorite. Uh, Talking about the cutscenes and stuff. The... 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 (sighs) Same as always. The... The word bubbles. They just went by too fast. Like, I just missed stuff. Um, Unless I was, like, trying to speed read them. I mean in some of the spots, especially at the beginning. Which is a take that probably makes me look like an idiot and slow reader, but whatever. Uh, I, just, I think they could have <laughs> left them on the screen a little longer. <laughs> it
0: was kind of fast there at the beginning.
1: Hmm. Not for me, because I'm not an idiot or slow reader, though. Oh,
3: damn. <laughs> I thought the dialogue was funny, like you took the time to read it john you might have chuckled a few times (laughs) i read it but there was a couple
4: spots where i was like hey that was a joke
3: yeah i got the art (laughs) stuff it looks like psychonauts or i guess any of their other games
4: yeah like almost like a psychonauts reskin i
1: i think it was really a psychonauts reskin yeah
3: i thought the music was just okay, it was forgettable, and that was a little disappointing, because I was thinking about um, Persona 5 when I was playing this, and like the music during those fights is so intense, and I, I just didn't get that kind of feeling during the
2: battles in this game. Okay, well let's jump right into the battles then.
0: It was turn-based, but they added a wrinkle to it, where you either had to do a quick-time event, or mash a button, or move the stick around. What'd you guys think about this turn-based type system, with with that had you actually be active?
1: I, I think that quick-time events in turn-based combat is one of the best things you can do to keep your player engaged. And I think it started in like Super Mario RPG when I was like looking back at this. And I'm a a turn-based nerd, as you probably know by now. So it was definitely something that I can see like more games should implement like this. Any kind of like interaction of some kind. It doesn't have to be every single time, but like Persona does it every once in a while. You'll get like a quick time event or something, right? and that's that's good too but yeah any, anytime you can engage the player on a battle level i think they did really well that being said i did overstay its welcome so i didn't need to do it every attack and every defend for the whole length of the game so i felt like i liked it as first and then i slowly like got sick of doing the same thing over and over again i think does that make sense
3: yeah, I mean, I was sick of it from the beginning. I wish I could have turned it off in the settings. I think you sparringly, like it is in Persona 5, it's fine. But the thing that makes turn-based combat interesting to me is like in Pokemon or Persona, when you're doing those elemental damage types and you're getting one more is because you've attacked in a certain way or those combo attacks when you knock all of your enemies down in Persona are just so cool and so stylish in the music. So I don't know, I didn't really like the quick time events. I just found myself in the same cycle of basic attack, basic attack, use an ability, basic attack, basic attack, use another ability. Just over and over. And some of the fights were really long too. Like I'd be doing that for I don't know, five, like ten minutes for a couple of the bosses at the end of the game. It just a long time and I don't know I did not want to just have to pay attention to get the timing just right so I I don't know those are my thoughts on the battle system
0: yeah I mean for me I go to scratch my nose or something and miss a quick time event or miss a block and I'd be screwed or I mean I like to do things while I play a turn-based game, so I prefer being less engaged. Like, I can set it up, press A while I'm eating, and get through some battles that way, or, you know, have a a football game going on my phone that I can just, like, queue up the turn-based combat and fight through it while I'm multitasking, so... For me, I actually didn't like it either. I wish it would have just been a basic turn base turn based game without it. And I actually found myself using the the ones that didn't have the quick time event. I would use the button mash costumes or the move the stick costumes because it was just easier to do every time, mm-hmm. not have to pay as much attention.
1: Not because you actually like their special or anything.
0: No, I just would have all the ones with wiggle the stick, and I just like <laughs> be wiggling the stick.
1: All three.
2: <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> uh, what did you guys think about the exploration?
3: I will start, I like so I liked it. One thing I really liked about this game was you got new costumes and you could switch costumes to use an ability of the costume to aid in exploration. Um, I thought that was clever and it made me, you know, switch and use the different costumes and kept me from falling into that trope of like finding my three favorite and using them the entire game. So I thought that was pretty well done and I A clever way to make you use all of the costumes in your uh, repertoire.
4: I liked that the areas were small. um, And that I wasn't just getting lost all the time. Uh, Even if I needed to find that last house, I could go up, you know, three streets and just find the one with the lights on. So, you know, like when you have to explore, when exploration's a major part of the game... And finding things is a major part of the game, and the area is so large that if you skip something or miss something and have to go way, uh, have to retrace your steps through this large area, I find that annoying in a lot of games. Whereas, like in this, it was nice and small. Uh, if I miss something, I go back and get it. One thing that I didn't like, which is something that uh, I feel like a lot of games do, is. Well, one, it was the there was candy in everything, right? So you hit mailboxes, you hit uh, fire hydrants, garbage cans, there's candy in everything. How and long candy, did you do that for? Huh?
1: How long did you do that for?
4: Well I hit basically everything I came across. Oh and my God. I feel like uh, I feel like that's something a lot of people do, right? It's like it's collecting, it's uh it's it's fun. But when you realize that there was no reason you did it, it's normal. <laughs> you know, that
1: was did. my point. Yeah, yeah I, I stopped after, yeah. like, because I'm getting one or two a piece. I'm like...
4: Whatever. You get one for everything you hit. Yeah. And if, there, if at the end, or not at the end, if there was, like, a reason to do it, it would be fine. But if you didn't do that a single time and just fought the Grubbins and got their candy, you'd have way more than enough so like having that kind of thing in a game is fun if it's meaningful
1: yeah like each one hit was more impact in terms of the battle right instead of 800 for one battle and one for hitting you know reduce that battle down or increase the hit yeah I see what you're saying.
0: What do you guys think about finding the chests with the costume pieces or the cannon? That was
1: fun. Them? Yeah, like like Paul said. I mean, I liked the fact that I had to think of like, oh, here I got to use the light or I got to use the shield to like progress into this next area or get the thing I need to get. Um, so that was yeah, that was fun collecting the costume parts, and um, I guess going door to door was probably the weakest part for me in terms of like the questing because i liked talking to all the people and everything and getting those types of quests finding the kids and those other quests dialogue yeah
3: talking to the random and like that was my favorite part of the game was just walking around talking to these uh npcs Mm -hmm. (laughs) bobbing for apples
1: yeah bobbing for apples was good but yeah i think the weakest part was the main part of the game of going house to house and and like oh do you get candy at this one or do you have to battle in the combat system
4: I did find it funny though that even, like throughout the entire game even on the 50th house on the 50th you know 50th door you're knocking on you knock on the door and then it's the music dunna dunna or whatever it was and it's just leading you to what's it gonna be is it gonna be the candy or is it gonna be a fight and it's like the fights weren't hard enough for them to be, for it to be like such a negative trade-off or like so much suspense in the music. That's all it, it was, suspenseful music every time you knock on a door, which I thought was funny, because like, either way, who cares? Right. But just talking about uh, the chess, I I liked the chess for costumes, uh, like, like for all the points you guys said, but for the same reason that I didn't like hitting the mailboxes and stuff like that. One of the reasons for that was that there were these chests that gave you more candy anyway, and you need to find them because you're not going to not click on it. There might be a costume piece in there, and so it, it's it's one of the reasons that the hitting the
2: random objects was pointless. You know, if there were only costume pieces in the chests, I think that would've been better.
0: I agree. It was always a bummer to open one of those. I was like, "Well, fifty candy, sick." Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um was And we everybody's... just don't have the.
1: We just don't have the childhood glee that these kids have when they get their candy. Because I did. I was. Oh, glee. you did, man? <laughs>
4: Eating
0: my we candy, candy corn. Good twenty we sit there with a
4: bowl of candy next to you every time you got a chest with candy in it, you're yeah. like, oh, yay! 20 I pieces! Eat
0: 50 pieces! What wow. <laughs> <laughs> What was everybody's favorite costume? Oh, it's
2: so tough. Um, Mine's pretty easy. My favorite
4: costume was the robot because in the overworld, you get to move fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I always switch back to the robot to just... Traverse.
1: I had the robot on. Yeah, mine's also the robot because I had it on at all times for traversal. And the special was like the most overpowered one. It burned them and did splash damage. I
0: think the vampire was the most overpowered special. Had yeah, I had, the
1: I had vampire, unicorn, it and did damage, robot.
0: And it healed you at the same time. That's what mm-hmm. I when
4: you said vampire earlier, I was like, there was probably a lifeste it was probably a lifesteal costume, which sounds
3: pretty good. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the vampire was OP. My main party was robot, knight, and unicorn. Really? Most fights. Yep. I thought the knight was good, he was tanky and he could shield the unicorn or the robot. But then yeah, two quick time events.
0: I thought the ninja was kinda of pointless. I
1: like Ninja. Yeah. Ninja was good for the boss battles where they target
2: people. Yeah. My main party was uh Pumpkin. Oh what pumpkin you, was what you interesting. Call it? The vampire and the fries. I never, that
4: salt. Was the prize I never used a single one of those abilities. I never used a single of those costumes in a fight.
0: Yeah, the fries <laughs> was was good because it was just the move the stick one, so that was easy.
1: And the special stunned everyone for a full yeah, turn.
0: It stunned everybody. Oh.
1: I did a I did a stun lock for Lucy where I would put her stamp as the stun stamp. And then their Fry costume would be your special, so I would just keep throwing stuns with her oh. the whole yeah. time.
3: I used that one too, Egg on Your Face, or whatever it was
1: called. Yeah, it was Egg on Your Face, and then the Two-Ply TP was the better version.
0: Well, now, and I do want to say I played Costume Quest 2 as well, oh. and they made it so you always have the rollerblades so you don't have to swap out of your costumes.
2: That's, That's nice. smart. That's a good move.
0: Now, uh, what was everybody's favorite stamps we already started talking about it. Oh, okay. What did everybody use? I stick to the basic ones, you know, splash damage, more damage. Was my I damage. yeah.
1: I didn't do buffs, I did the um reply damage on the two people and then I did the yeah. stun on the third person.
4: Same. I had counterattacks, uh strong counterattack and I got your
0: Wow! Look at us. I didn't use those at all.
1: That's all I used the entire.
0: Yeah,
4: I initially like... had like I had splash damage on at one point, but I decided like the splash was too little damage to be worth it because you do your regular damage to one and then you do like twelve to the other two, so I was like, nah, it's not good. Then I had like uh, power, like strong attack increase. And that was pretty good actually, because that almost that, that almost doubled your attack. Like you went from like oh, sixty did. to like a hundred um, when I was using it. So that was pretty good. Um, but I realized, or not realized, but figured, you know, I could do sixty to a hundred, or I can use counterattack and just do sixty again. That seems
2: like more. So I did that. Yeah. Okay. So I like I would
0: like to quickly talk about all the areas. Um, so first off, you have your subdivision, Auburn Pot, Pine. Secondly, you have uh, the mall, Autumn Haven Mall, and lastly was the like fairground area. It was called Fall Valley.
2: Do you guys have a favorite of the three? What did you like about them? Just talk about it. I don't know, I probably liked the subdivision the most, because it felt like, uh, just trick-or-treating
4: on Halloween, because that's what it was. Um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty standard, and, I don't know, it wasn't because, like, you're using the most abilities, or you're, you were, uh, had, or it was the most difficult to find stuff, or anything like that. It was just the vibe of it was cozy, uh, just going house to house, trick-or-treating.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I think I identified most with the first area of just overall best fit for the game and everything. The mall was was fun to explore and everything was fun to explore. But the first one I was like, Oh, this is where I fell in love with the game of like, oh, this is a fun Halloween game. You're in your neighborhood.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of charm with the neighborhood and like you guys have talked about the cuteness of the game I think that's like the most cozy area I didn't like the mall as much because at least the first part is so dark and they kind of introduce like you get the spaceman costume and now you use the light and you walk slow but uh, yeah first area is my favorite too I'm I'm on the same mind as you guys
2: Okay.
1: Jay, did you have a different opinion?
0: No, I liked the first area the most, but I did also like the fairground. Uh, Uh, It's just kind of cute and funny with the with the what is it called? The cannon, you know, you have to shoot yourself out of. Uh, Yeah. So... You, your sister gets stolen because she's... Or brother, depending on if you picked male or female,
2: gets stolen. What um, did everyone pick?
3: Picked male. I, I picked Ren.
2: I
1: picked male.
3: Female is Ren.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I picked Reynolds.
0: So, <clears throat> um, she gets taken... 'Cause she's dressed like a candy and these grubbins are taking all the candy.
4: Sorry, one sec. If you pick Ren, does is Renald the candy then? Yep. Oh okay. I was for some reason I was thinking about this during the game. I was like, did they already have their costumes on in the house or no? And I was thinking that they did. And I was like, so did they steal a robot then? <laughs> <laughs> And what, what's your ability if you're a Candy Corn?
0: So Candy Corn is a costume in the second game. It's kind of funny. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't move. It just <laughs> says quippy one lines so every time it gets its turn. It gets old pretty fast. But there's an achievement called Hard Corn Mode. And you have to fight every battle in the game with Candy Corn in your party. Uh <laughs> So I did it, of course.
4: I know oh, nice. in fact there was going to be an achievement for that, because why the hell would you have it on? Why would you have it on so long that the the one-liners got old?
0: If there yeah. was no achievement. Yeah. Um,
1: it's the same like ten
0: one-liners? Yeah. Well, there was actually a lot of them, but you do a lot of fighting in the game. Like, it says stuff like, this is Candy Corn's good side, or Candy Corn is... I don't know. Candy corn has less sugar than a raisin. I don't know. It's a stupid shit. Is that true? I don't know. That's just
1: I, said. I don't think so, but Candy, candy
0: Corn is not a, is not amused.
1: You know. I don't of... wanna I don't wanna express any facts on this podcast for our viewing audience <laughs> that fact check us.
4: I will say here's a fact. Those one liners were witty.
0: You uh
2: meet dorsilla which is the witch behind the whole scheme and you find out that they're going to the mall to take all the candy from
0: the mall so you follow them there and then uh some way i don't remember you end up at the fairground after that uh
1: does
2: dorsilla... No, you, you take the bus or whatever. Uh, and
0: then at the end of the game, you fight Dorsilla and Cadaverous Big Bones. What you guys think about the final bosses?
1: I thought it was funny when they got to the final, final boss of Big Bones and he can't get out of the, the portal. <laughs> He's like,
0: oh. He's too much candy.
1: Yep, so I guess I'm just staying here and this is your fight.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That one was funny.
0: Any other thoughts about the bus?
3: I couldn't believe when uh, Ursula multiplied a second time. I thought there'd be like a one and done. And then I was like, what? Every time.
1: And then that yeah, fight you gotta I was focus so on... long. You gotta like fo- and I, I figured this out too late where I would try and kill her clones for the first like two times she did it. And then I was like, really, I need to be focusing on her 90% of the time because when she summons the clones, they're going to be smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. So like you got to chip her down as fast as possible.
4: Did you guys... Wait. So I never had her multiply a second time. But when she did, let's say she multiplied the first time and... She has three clones out there. She could multiply again and have like seven clones out there.
1: No, it's she just respawns the clones.
4: Oh, okay. When yeah, when until the final boss, I I always ran. I think it was robot, robot astronaut, Statue of Liberty. Yep. So I was always just like super high damage focus. Yep. So yeah, I just. Like you said, I just focused her down. Uh, I never had her multiply a second time.
1: Yeah, because you didn't focus on her clones. Her clones. That was yeah. the key was not to focus on her clones. That was a
3: cool moment, though. Like that was like an oh shit moment when it happened again. I was like, oh, I haven't played too many. I don't know if I've ever played a game where there's like a multiplying that happens on like a big what I thought was the final boss fight, and then they multiply again. So I was just kind of like whoa, it woke me up. I was doing a little kind of events
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay was playing with the three stick characters, which was the Statue of Liberty, this, the Fry, and uh, what was the third?
0: So the Pumpkin, the stick character. Uh, Yep, Pumpkin's
1: a stick character.
0: Yeah, I swapped in for the Vampire because it was too good. So yeah. I... Uh... That was a button mash though, so I didn't still didn't have to do the quick time event. Yeah. <clears throat> um And then it ends you get all the candy back and you drive around with the bus with Dorsilla's brother. Dorian. Dorian. And give all the candy back to all the kids. So let's get on to the reception of this game. So this game, only awarded one, was Best Downloadable Game at the 2010 Spike Video Game Awards. So, back then, downloadable games weren't so common. You couldn't just go download a small game. You bought the disc, and these were kind of rare. So... Just a different time frame to look at this game in the lens of, like in 2010, had we played this game, probably be pretty sick. And the reviews it got at the time, though, were all like sevens. Sevens, eights, sixes. So, to be expected, I think. But speaking of reviews, what are the scores would we all give it? I want to start with Alec.
2: Knowing now that it was a two-week idea
1: and a one-year game, it definitely makes sense and puts it into context. It felt very um, concise in what it was, but I thought it was cute, and the gameplay was fun at first, but overstayed its welcome. So because of those factors, I'm giving it a six out of 10.
0: Six out of ten. John, you're next.
2: Yeah, I thought this game had a lot of potential. Um, the first time that
4: the uh, turn-based combat, you went in and you turned into the robot, and you look over and your buddy's a knight. Like the first, like the first few times you're doing that, I thought it was really cool. Like the contrast in art style between the game, and then you go into this, and you got, like, this uh, photo and you got this, like, realistic-looking transformer, if that's a real thing. I don't know how you have a realistic transformer, but anyway, like, almost like a realistic, larger-than-life robot, and a knight next to you, it's like, this is pretty cool, you know? But the combat, the way that the turn-based combat was set up wasn't Interesting enough, I don't think. I don't think the fights were interesting enough. And they became very repetitive uh, throughout the game. There wasn't enough enemies. There wasn't, you know, just stuff that if this was like a bigger game, I guess they probably would have added. But because it's such a small game, small team, whatnot, uh, small whatever, scope, uh, you know it's lacking in that way, um, and since that's the main, <clears throat> the main like gameplay, uh, you know it hurts from that.
1: Yeah, and we talked um, about it the last time where it really sucks when they just reskin the same three characters three times, and it's like that's not nine enemies, that's three enemies.
2: Yeah,
1: it's funny that you so, touched on that.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I did enjoy it. Um, this is the first game in a while I played on the couch, like on my console. And I think it probably gains points just because of that, because I think uh, I enjoyed it more
2: just because of that fact. Um, but still, even with that, I'd give it a 5 out of 10. Oh.
3: One thing that I really like that I don't know if I touched on was just the concept of a kid wearing a Halloween costume and then you go into a, a battle and it morphs into a full giant robot or a big bag of fries or a unicorn and I, for how small the game this was like those animations are cool and I think I would echo a lot of what you guys have said. Like this was just a comfort food kind of game. Like it's not my favorite candy bar which would be like a Snickers but it's not black licorice. My least favorite candy. It's like a, it's like a Three Musketeers. It's right around the middle. But Three Musketeers I, is bottom half
1: yeah, I was gonna say mm-hmm. you're gonna put that in the middle. What's your a, quarter like and what's your three, like three quarters?
0: Musketeers at the top, man.
4: I oh, like what's not to like.
1: I love three I like musketeers. I just Milky Way. <laughs> Way would Milky Way baby be, be, be the three quarters mark if we're now ranking our candy skin? I, put, I think I put, so, and then
4: Almond Joy the is like your fifty percenter.
1: Is the fifty percenter? I think or the so. one quarter.
3: Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I okay so. Yeah, for me, Three Musketeers is a 6
0: out of 10. All right. Um, 6 out of 10 for Paul. Well, I mean, we already <laughs> talked about it, but that's what made me pick this game is just how strong that pitch is, right? You got these cute little kids. Their costume is a cardboard box with colored in with markers, and they go into a battle, and in their imaginations, they're a huge robot, you know, that pitch on its own is so strong and and uh, compelling by itself. So,
1: well, uh, South Park kind of took that with their stick of truth and whatever, right?
0: Yeah. This was before those games, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they took it. But so, as a concept, I think it's a ten out of ten concept. Now, when you get down to actually playing the game, it's not so fun. Did have some cute moments. Did have some nice moments. Uh, And I enjoy a shorter game. If it's something I can get through that's not a daunting task. Like I'll have longer games I'm playing. And then I need a break and I just need to do a short game. So uh, it might be unfair. But some of these shorter games get bonus points for me. Just because of the ease of getting through it in a weekend or a night. Or you know a couple sittings. So that being said I'm not a big fan of the... Double Fine art style. Uh, Don't really like it. But. And I'm not a big Double Fine guy altogether. But just the pitch of this game sold me on it and made me pick it for this podcast. So I agree with you guys. I wouldn't put it at a 5 but I'll put it at a 6. My score is a 6 out of 10. And. We hope that you will join us back in the next two weeks for the game that Paul is about to pick right now.
3: Okay, so I did a thing here, and Jay is the only one who solved the puzzle. <laughs> yeah, I solved it. So Wait, what did you do? In our uh, our drive, I, on our episode list, I filled it out early, like a, like a couple weeks ago, so the game I picked is there. Oh... Um. You
0: want me yeah. to announce it? Yeah, Jay. Go ahead and tell us the... Paul's uh, pick for n- next podcast. I'm gonna find it. it! Resident Evil 4. Oh.
4: <laughs> let's co-op this.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, can we co-op it? <laughs> oh,
3: oh, yeah, let's co-op.
2: Hmm? Is it co-op? Else,
3: I will stream it. I will give you this, this carrot, John. I'll stream it and you can watch me stream it.
2: Uh. <laughs>
3: Cradle's going over there
0: this weekend, and yeah. they're going gonna gonna to couch co-op, hand yeah. off it.
3: But I, this is a series that I really got into with 7 when that came out. I played that in 20... Like, I didn't play when it came out. I played it in 2018, and I really dug it. Like mm-hmm.
2: It's,
3: it's this, probably the scariest game I've ever played. Fuck off. Oh, no. That's 4 is 7. Yeah. 4 is... Oh, yeah, okay. so... Let me finish. Uh, so I went back and I played one remake. I played, I played two one remake. remake. I played three remake. I recently just finished Code Veronica, which doesn't have a remake. It's a game that came out in 2000. It's got old school tank controls, and man, it's just a game from a different era. It's one of the hardest games like I I I've played in recent memory, just in terms of clunkiness and mechanics. I. I got to this boss, and i had been saving in the same save file for five hours. It's a ten-hour game, approximately. I did not have enough ammo and healing to beat this boss, because it's a... I don't know, like... Can I spoil it for you guys, or do you want to play it? Which one? Code Veronica. Oh, I'm not playing it. John's not playing it. (laughs) I don't have to spoil it, but I got to this fight, and I did not have the resources to win this fight and i had no prior save to reload so i just i had to restart (laughs) and play what i did over and like save ammo and save healing for that fight so i just never had that that. i don't know if i've ever had to do that before
1: i only played resident evil one and this was when i was one man alpha in my gaming loft if you guys remember and it was like pitch black and so i'm pretty sure both of you at, at one point or another open the curtains and i'm just like in there playing resident evil and i get an extra jump scare like ah
3: <laughs> yeah so everybody like a lot of people say four is their favorite and like that like got them into the series so i'm excited to play it before the remake comes out in february I hope I can get you guys into the franchise too, because it's like it's one of the best in video games, I think.
4: Let me get this right: Resident Evil Four remakes coming out in February. In preparation for Resident Four remake coming out, you're gonna play Resident Evil Four.
3: Yeah, because I really want to play Resident Evil Two and Three, but they're not available on modern platforms because they there's like different they've cut some content in the remakes and it's there's I don't know it's just a little different so i just want to experience it all man I thought you just said you played Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes
0: um, I completely understand <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it i've always started a bunch of Resident Evil games i think the only one i finished was 5 or 6 i forget Um, so it'll be great that Paul, you're forcing me to do four, which is, you know, everybody I ever hear talk about Resident Evil says it's their favorite one. And I think it's also one of the least scary ones. So that'll be good for John. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I'm looking forward to it. John, think of it like, Hunt. there's just zombies and it's, you have a gun.
4: Yeah, but you need to save ammo and healing right
0: here. That was in Code Veronica.
3: Yeah, I think the ones, I think four, five, and six, it's, there's less of a focus on, like, uh, that scavenging. More about action. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited, but that's it. So, right on. take us out.
0: Well, this has been the Giant's Backlog your place for all things costume quest and we will see you next time for when we become your place for all things Resident Evil 4 bye
1: bye everyone